Welcome back to the Puma Podcast. I am Tori. And I am Puma. <laughs> and on this podcast, we talk about Jesus, life, and everything in between. Uh, guys, hey, we're going to wrap up our kind of discipleship series. And dude, it has been so fun to walk with you guys and to go through Jesus' strategy and just to see how he discipled, how he intentionally, strategically made disciples and his heart behind it, the three things of being missional, relational, and intentional. And uh, just really appreciate you guys being with us on this journey. And today we're going to talk about something kind of get a little more personal, uh, a little more close to home. And I'm really excited about this this podcast. And so I guess real quick, Puma, anything you want to share about the last five, six episodes on discipleship? Yeah, well, we started with ask the question this summer, you know, what is my purpose? Mm, Does life yes. have any purpose? purpose. And kind of led us to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Imagine it that. Led us to Jesus. And not just led us to Jesus, but also led us to the mirror to see ourselves. Mm, yeah. And hopefully, you know, through our time, you know, just talking about making disciples the mission that we've been commissioned until he calls us home, to our eternal home. And to look in the mirror is like, where am I at that? Mm. And so we're going to look at sort of the, the heart behind that, uh, yeah. share some stories and, you know, successes and failures uh, this last one and just kind of have fun wrapping it up. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Yeah. Let's dive into uh, this kind of nice little capstone to this little mini series. All right. Yes. Yeah, so guys, I want to ask you a question. So it is September, which I love September because it's becoming fall and it's getting colder. And to quote Calvin and Hobbes, the bugs are dying by the truckload. Yes. Yes. Um, Preach it. Yeah. Do, I do love September. But also with September, school started. Maybe if you, um, in high school, maybe it started the last week of August. But for a lot of people in college, um, school starts in September. And Typically, when school starts, you meet new people, meet new friends, maybe new not friends. <laughs> uh, but if you were to meet a stranger and maybe an acquaintance and you're talking to someone new and this person asks you, hey, new potential friend, give me two words to describe you, what would you say? I mean, if someone came up to you and like, hey, um, I want to get to know you in, in two words, how would you describe yourself? Awesome is just one word, Tori. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, how would you describe yourself? You know, I was asked this once actually by my sister and um, my older sister. And, and I'm like, that's a weird question, but I'd probably say, um, I don't know, easily breakable and loved, I think were the two things I, I said. Uh, and we laughed about it and it was quite fascinating. But she's like, do you think if we asked Jesus that, what would he say? Uh, it led to a whole whole realm of questions and diving into the Gospels. Did Jesus ever say that about himself? Did he ever say two things about... Did he ever talk about himself, right, his own character? Right. And right. I think we might be able to know Jesus claimed to be God, and Jesus said, I and the Father are one, but did he ever speak to his personality, like his characteristics? Like, did he ever talk about describing himself outside of the calling that God put on him? Like, yeah, he was the Son of God. He came to... He was on a mission here. But yeah, did he ever talk about his personality? And I think he does. I think he does one certain place. Um, Puma, do you have that, that verse pulled up where Jesus actually talks about his own personality? Yeah, it's in Matthew 11. And it's where Jesus is really kind of comforting those that he's speaking to. And, hmm. you know, he says, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is um, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle 
and humble in heart. Gentle and humble in heart. Yeah. Hmm. He just Jesus Jesus describes himself as being gentle and humble. Huh. Not not super gifted, you know, can do miracles. Not the most talented kid in school. Yeah, the biggest IQ person on the Didn't block. have the greatest singing voice. <laughs> wasn't the best athlete. Hmm. You know, it wasn't the didn't have the best engineering mind. I mean, that's not, I mean, he was, Jesus was smart. He was intelligent. Mm-hmm. He understood people, but he never led with those things. Mm. I think our tendency always is to lead with the qualities that we think people expect us to have or the things that yeah. people want us to want. And that's true. we think that if we're going to influence somebody, that we're going to influence them because of our, you know, all of our... Right, our big brain, our athletics, our degrees, our trophies. Yeah. I had a guy come years ago, visit our church, and was interested in helping with the youth ministry, and it was his first time visiting, and so, you know, he kind of met with me, and I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, let's 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 talk. He's like, great, I'll take you out for, for lunch this week, and so mm. he picks me up, he, he pulls me up that, you know, pulls up to the church that week in a really fancy kind of sports car, and nice. we, we, we get in the sports car, and we... Uh, go to this really nice restaurant, and you know he he paid for it, and it was really awesome. And he's talking about how he had like land over in Wisconsin and had a pool and, and jet skis, and this is this is like twenty five years ago, and all this wow. stuff, and that he just loves teenagers and has all this stuff, all this stuff, and, and that's all he talked about was all of his assets and all of the the things he can provide, and yada 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 yada. And I said to him, I said, "Wow, that, that's awesome." I mean, we certainly would enjoy all these things in youth ministry and, you know, all of that would be great. I said, how about this? How about you come and attend our church for six months and we will get to know you and you can get to know us. And after six months, if you feel like this is the church family the Lord is calling you to, to invest your life in, then we'll revisit this subject and and Mm. talk and see if you would like to still work with the youth. And I never saw him again. Wow. And so I kind of jokingly named him Pasquale. And so <laughs> you know, over the years, uh, Pasquale is the Pasquale story. But he led with all of these, yeah, he had yeah. All, all these external things. Right, it was impressive. It was yeah. almost enticing. Like, we, churches don't have a lot of those resources. Yeah. Oh, you want to put lots of money into the youth ministry? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But he really didn't talk about his love for Jesus or his mm. character, never really got into his testimony or anything like that. Interesting. Yeah, and then... So I'm like, but you know, a lot of people are super impressed with all these external things. Mm. You know, Mm. we're, we're impressed with intelligence. We're impressed with athletic ability. We're impressed with this big personality, Mm. all these things. Mm -hmm. And we see this, you know, in, in life, we see this often in ministry. I think sometimes you can think, wow, I really can't be any use to God. I can't Mm. make disciples if I'm not going to be the, you know, the, you know, cool person in the room. If I'm not yeah. going to be the person that, you know, kind of can entertain everybody or the one that everyone wants to be around. Hmm. I don't have the, the wit or the right. the, hu- the humor, yeah, that, that people kind of rally around. So really, what can I do? What use can I do? Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy for a lot of us to feel like that's kind of stuck. And so we, right. we kind of sit back on the sidelines and think, mm, well, you know what? I, I can't make disciples Right. There's somebody else more qualified, better right. suited for this role. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the, the Pasquale story. But Jesus, he said he was humble and gentle in heart. Mm. 
That's amazing that out of all the things Jesus could describe himself as in Matthew 11, he says, I'm, I'm gentle. Like, you know, I, I, I have power and strength. I'm choosing to lower myself to meet you at your level. That's gentleness and humble in heart. I mean, yeah, if someone could boast, <laughs> if someone could have something to brag about, you, it would be God. It'd be God's son. Well, if he could, he, he legitimately could say, yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Right? Without being arrogant. Right, without, without lying. He's yeah. just being truthful. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could have said that. But what does Paul write in Philippians 2, mm. right? Though Jesus was God, he humbled himself mm. and took on human flesh, became a man, became obedient to death. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that is almost mind-boggling. The more right. we get to know Jesus, to think that he, so he really was humble at mm. heart. Mm-hmm. Every place he ever went, he was the man. Every room he ever entered, every town where his feet touched, he was the man. Mm-hmm. And yet he sometimes came in and out unassuming. Right. Well, and I love the point about discipleship because like, I can't be Jesus, right? You know, I can't be this incredible you know, preacher, teacher, healer, and yet we can be gentle, we can be humble. You know, I love the, the feeding of the 5,000. You talk about disciples. You know, I wonder the different personality types in the 12 disciples. And it wasn't Peter or John or James that brought the child. It was Andrew. It, it was Andrew who's barely mentioned. And yet when they needed food, hey, I'm talking to this kid, this little boy who he must have been talking to, he's got some fish. And I remember one volunteer said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to work with teens. I'm only good with, with children. And, and they kind of downplayed, you know, I, I can't do, quote, you know, real ministry. I can only help in the nursery. And I'm thinking, if that's where God's called you, that is a great place to disciple. But yeah, I do think we think that to be a great disciple maker, we have to be this charismatic, you know, top shelf speaker, uh, friendly, super social. Like, what about the introverts? Can they make disciples? Yeah. 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 It, you know, Jesus didn't choose... 12 men who were the the top of their class or the greatest mm-hmm. athletes. Now, they might have been intelligent. They might have been great athletes, but those weren't the qualities that Jesus mm-hmm. was looking for when he chose them. See, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, skills or abilities. I mean, God has given those to us, you know, and we can use those. See, there's nothing wrong. I, I think we're not poo-pooing, you know, having talent. True, right. You know, what we're saying, and I think what Scripture bears out, is that Jesus looked for people that were faithful, available, had a teachable heart. F-A-T. Fat. <laughs> faithful, yeah. available, teachable. Yeah. And and they were responsive to what Jesus told them to. You know, mm-hmm. they, would, they would go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this was, so he was talking about the, the quality of people. I had a, a years ago, and when I, you know, look for people to help out, you know, in ministry, I, I don't want the Pasquales, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's great if you have jet skis. Mm-hmm. I mean, if and you have a lake, that that's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But that is icing on the cake. That's right. not that's not primary. So years ago, I had a a guy in the church and named Dan. He was just a a neat guy. I could tell he loved Jesus, mm-hmm. and he was very introverted. Not um, not the guy that would be you know out there easily unnoticed, but mm-hmm. I could tell that you know he he cared about people. And I thought, maybe I'll see if he would be interested in helping out with the teens. And so I asked him one day, I said, hey, Dan, would you like to help out with the teens? And he's like, me? I, I don't have any qualities. I said, 
you love people, you love Jesus, you love God's word. That's the kind of example and model I want mm. around the teens. You, do, you love, do you love the teens? Go, I say, yeah, I love to pray for them. I said, great, you know, why don't you come? So he would come and show up and for, you know, months and months he'd come and just sit in the youth room and, mm. and didn't know how to really initiate conversations with, you know, mm-hmm. the teens and just not quote unquote relevant. Right. Not cool. Yeah. Not, you not know, trendy. Yeah. And, you know, and so, faithful and he cared. but he, he was, he was always there. He always paid attention, always willing to help out, move a chair or whatever. Um, and so we would have activities and stuff. And so one Sunday night we came out to my house, had some activity at my house and we're playing games and, and Dan comes, he just, wherever they were doing, he's just out there, he's running around in the yard and whatnot. And so we're playing a game where we blindfold somebody kind of like Marco Polo mm. and, and everyone else runs around and they kind of, you know, say here, yeah, here, and the blindfolded right. person has to try to touch them. Right. right. Find them with the blindfold right. on. Well, they thought they would, um, do something fun in their minds. And so Dan was close to the side of my house. And so they went right along the house and they said, you know, over here and he's blindfolded. He's like a yard from my, my house. He turns in, in full, full force, oh leaps right into the side of my house, left an imprint of his face in my aluminum siding. Oh, no. <laughs> and, so, and, and he had glasses on underneath his blindfold, and it oh. broke his glasses. The glasses cut his nose, and blood's dripping down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of dazed, and so we set him down on our back steps and sitting there. And so the teen guys are feeling a little bad. Yeah, right. I <laughs> hope so. Yeah, they're feeling a little bad. They come along, and they, and, you know, he's just kind of sitting there, you know, on the steps, and um, he... The teen guys, hey, hey Dan, uh, we're we're really sorry. I mean, we 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 didn't mean to do that. And he looks up at them, and I never forget what he says. He looks up at them and he says, "It's okay. I love you guys." Wow. And I, I still get teary eyed thinking about that because he was not the one that would stand out in a room, but he had a love for Jesus and a love for the teens. And I'll tell you, the relationship that the teens had with Dan. Th- changed that night from Mm -hmm. that point on dan still came and he sat in the youth room he still just kind of wasn't the outgoing one but every week teens would go up to him and say dan here's some things i would love for you to pray about and he would write them down and he would pray for them and and a week after that he would say say how 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 was that that test that you had and he had an impact on that generation of teens as Mm -hmm. someone who loved jesus and was willing to love a group you see we think that making disciples and, and investing your life in someone has to look a certain way mm. or you got to have a certain style of personality. And that's not true. Look at the creativity of our God and the people of our world. The personalities and the people types are are, are endless. Mm. And yet the, the commission is the same for all of us. Yeah. You see, that mm. means it's a timeless cross-cultural truth, and which means we have no excuse to not try to figure it out in my world, in my context, what God wants for me, wherever he's planted me. Hmm. Yeah, I know that's such a cool story to think that even this guy, Dan, right? What kind of imprint discipleship he had on just being faithful and available and and teachable. I mean, again, gentle and humble in heart. I mean, that story, that's a perfect example. When, When teens are being rowdy and they trick you and you end up hurting yourself, they purposefully lead you to hurt yourself. And you just say, yeah, I love you guys. Like, like that is some real ministry and, and, and discipleship where they see the heart of Jesus. And they'll never forget that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's such a cool story. It, yeah, I, and I, it's still an example for me. 
you know, of someone because <laughs> I was mad that yeah. night. <laughs> I wanted to, you know, throw fists yeah. that night. I, was, I mean, I was really, really angry. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I, I love you guys. That's why I'm here. Mm. And and he meant it. It wasn't he 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 was he genuinely was not upset. Mm. And uh, I was like, man, yeah. So this is the call to all of us, you know. And we've, you know, throughout my lifetime, I've had successes and I've had failures, and I've maybe done a few things right and I've done some things wrong, and mm. you know. But it's not about our successes and failures. Right. It's about where are we today mm-hmm. and what direction are we headed. Yeah, and, and even the heart of discipleship is to be like Jesus, right? To to love and to live like Jesus. And yeah, I like that direction, you know, point you made about where are we headed? Where are we going? And are we becoming more gentle and humble in heart? Because you don't have to be a superstar to make disciples. You can no. be, but you don't have to be. And and Jesus did not describe himself as that. In fact, he was known by, and he, he self-proclaimed who am I? Again, if you met Jesus, you know, at Kirkwood or Jesus in your high school, hi, I'm Jesus, and I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. <laughs> it sounds weird that someone would say that I am gentle and humble in heart, but he, he lived it. He lived it. And the best discipleship I've ever seen are people who are gentle and humble. The people who have had the most impact on Tori are the people that are just, they know so much, they are gifted, but you know what? You would never know it. Because they just love you, they get to your level. They they teach and talk to you as if they want to learn and know you, and it's that kind of love that is empowering that helps me see Jesus in those who have discipled me best. And I love good professors and people that just know a lot. But I was never, I was never. I I think you can impress from afar. You can impress with high IQ, but you impact when you're gentle and humble. And discipleship has real impact. It's not just impressive, it impacts you. Yeah, you impact people when you are close. When you're close, let them see your life up close. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we can impress people from a distance. You know, we can put our our laurels and all of our accolades out there and paint a very pretty picture. Mm. But when people really get to know you, when you allow them into your life and they can see you up close, the successes and the failures of your life. Right. Right? I, I mean, I'm you know, a pastor for decades. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has graded me um, over the years is when um, I, I think God has called parents to be the primary disciples of their children, not mm. pastors, not youth pastors, not churches. And yeah. I, think, I think that's God's design. God gave children to parents and the parents' responsibility to teach and to train them. And so I have children and, you know, I, I do that myself. And I always would rub rub wrong when you know parents drop their kids off and then they mm-hmm. you know let it's, it's my job or p- parents get mad at me because I'm not discipling their kid and right. teaching their kid right yeah as if somehow it's my responsibility and not the parents' responsibility right it's very easy for me to get in that and then one day I was teaching a an elective on being a disciple making parent. And I had this haughty attitude, like, yeah, see, I'm not that guy. You know, I'm (laughs) teaching my kids and whatnot. And our church has an Awana. Mm -hmm. In Awana, the kids learn Bible verses and and memory verses. And I remember as I was teaching that elective to parents, I got really convicted one week because I was talking about how do you impart God's Word into the hearts of your kids. And they're talking about how helping your kids memorize verses is really, really important. And I realized that I was that parent. I was that parent that was, 
I can teach my kids Bible things, and I can model things, but when it comes to having my kids memorize verses, well, that's Awana's job. Mm. That's not my job. And I, I, I got really convicted. I thought, man, I, I've been arrogantly looking down at people when I'm doing the same thing myself. Mm. You know, I'm not discipling my kids. And so I thought, you know, I, so I, I started to try to memorize verses with my kids at home. Yeah. It's yep. fine for them to memorize them in Awana. That, that's great. But that doesn't mean that I don't have to memorize them mm. verses with my own right. kids at home. And so, and honestly, it was really hard for me. I don't remember mm. things as well as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it. sitting down, we went through Proverbs. I remember the motions that you did, like, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. And just some of the things that's like, that is so goofy. But yet, I remember the time that you started having us memorize Proverbs and stuff together. Uh, which, you know, maybe we'll make that a series sometime soon, Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> but, is this a little teaser? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it is, it's cool for me as your son to remember that change too. And I remember, and again, I've memorized so many verses, but the ones I remember actually are the ones that we did as a family. Like those are the ones that I can pull up instantly. And so I guess thank you for that, but also thank you for being humble enough to share your failing. Well, I, you know, see, this is the thing. All, we all come to the cross the same. Yeah. You know, yep. we all come to Jesus the same. No one is higher or lower than any other. You know, we all mm. are in this journey together. If we can encourage each other, and this is what, you know, the Bible commands us to do, to encourage one another and bear with one another and, and help mm. one another and teach each other and admonish each other so that we can all help each other grow into Christ-likeness, or as Paul writes in Ephesians 4, that we become mature together mm. as the body of Christ. And so mm. we all have a part in that, um, helping yeah. each other to grow. So, yeah. Well, maybe that's a, you know, what's a good application question? Because I, I just appreciate you sharing your heart and stories and what, how God has shaped you, um, but even how just the Bible can shape us and how Jesus, really Jesus, it all goes back to Jesus, his heart, his character, his model, his method, his priorities. I guess just for, for us to kind of close out this episode, you know, what's a good application question? What's a good AQ for us? Yeah. Well, going all the way back to when we kind of started this, you know, weeks ago, you know, one good question or thought to remember is that God created you and created me for a purpose. That purpose mm-hmm. was to know him and to enjoy him. And we give him glory as we seek him and, and relationally follow mm. Jesus. Going back to the verse that we had said in, in John fifteen eight, it is to my Father's glory that mm. you bear much fruit, sure. showing yourselves to be my disciples, Jesus said. And so I guess the last question is, do you really want to give God glory mm. and, and really grow in understanding your purpose for your life? Because if you know Jesus mm. as Savior, you have a purpose that is otherworldly. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, do, do you really want that? I mean, do you really, 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 really want to live a life that gives God glory and a life of meaning and purpose? Because mm. if you do, it is found in Jesus, pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly. Yeah. No, no that's a really good, it's a good AQ. Well, thank you, Puma, and thank you guys uh, for following with us again. It was just a fun, it's my favorite series yet, um, just studying a little bit more of the life of Jesus and how he made disciples and what the Great Commission means, not just theology, our, our orthodoxy, but our orthopraxy. How do we live that? What is, how can we actually apply and live out the Great Commission? 
So guys, if you have any questions or thoughts, please reach out to us at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We so much love your guys' input and feedback and your encouragement. If there's any other people that might find encouragement from this podcast, please share that with them. We'd love to, to get the word out more. And yeah, guys, just appreciate you. So go, go make disciples, follow the disciple maker, and we will do the same. And we'll see you next week, Fridays at 1010. Uh, (laughs) Bye. Bye. Uh, Bye.